0: In Mark chapter fourteen, verse sixty-seven, and when that's perfect, thank you, sir. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked upon him and said, "And thou also was with Jesus of Nazareth." But he denied, saying, "I know not. Neither understand. I uh, understand. I what thou sayest." And he went out into the porch and the cock crew. Verse 69, and the maid saw him again. I think she was following him. And the, and the maid saw him again and began to say to them that stood by, this is the one, of, he's one of them. Verse 70, and he denied it again. And a little after, they that stood by said again to Peter, surely thou art one of them, thou, for thou art a Galilean, and thy speech agreeth thereunto. In verse 71, but he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom you speak. Amen. In Acts chapter 2, verse 14. And I'm going to read this from the New Century version. Acts chapter 2, verse 14. uh, Actually, I'm only going to read, I I believe it's verse 22. Uh, The whole passage is... Uh, from 14 to 22, but uh, I'm going to read, and I say that because I think I notated it wrong in my notes. Amen, but uh, I am going to read the right verse. Acts chapter two, but Peter stood up with the 11 apostles. In a loud voice, he spoke to the crowd. My fellow Jews and all of you who are in Jerusalem, listen to me. Pay attention to what I have to say, Lord, we love you and we thank you for your power, your grace, your mercy, your strength, Lord, and I covet your anointing even right now, Lord, I would ask that you would continue to move in this service, I would ask you you would anoint our hearts and our minds, Lord, your word is always anointed, your word is forever settled in heaven, Lord, but our hearts and our minds sometimes are not ready for the word. Lord, I would ask that you would prepare us, help us to receive your word. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You can be seated. Thank you. Amen. I've read these two passages of Scripture, and we, uh, we see in these two passages of Scripture, we see the actions and we hear the words of the same man. Okay? These two particular verses that i just read are both referring or being uh spoken and the actions are being acted by the same man now if you and i did not know the word of god if we were not familiar i look around and pretty much most everyone in this room or in the sanctuary tonight is probably a little bit familiar with the two passages of scripture that i read okay Most of you, if I didn't tell you who I was reading about, you would know that I was reading about Peter. Amen. So most of us in this room know that. But if you didn't know the Word of God, and you were not familiar with this man by the name of Peter, and I read these two passages of scriptures in and of themselves, you would likely think that they were speaking about two different men you would not immediately jump to the conclusion by the two passages of scripture that I read that this was the same individual. You would assume because they come across, they appear to be different, you would assume that they are different individuals. And I would say tonight that to a certain degree, I guess we could say that they are two different men. So I'm going to refer to them in a certain way. So we have the first one who we are going to call Passover Peter. Okay, that's Passover Peter. Okay, and we've got the second individual that we, that we read about and who spoke, and he is Pentecost Peter. Okay, we've got Passover Peter. And we've got Pentecost, Peter. Two different individuals. Two different people. Or we could say that they're different. They are in and of, in reality, we know that they are the same person. So we look at Peter and seven weeks ago, he's hiding because because of Jesus. But today, we find him proclaiming with a loud voice the death of Christ. At first we find him denying Jesus before very few people by the fire, but today we find him screaming with a loud voice, pay attention to what I'm about to tell you. There's a drastic difference from wimp to warrior in fifty days. Yeah. Yeah. And I could sell that. Yeah, you yeah, you could. Hey, man. I could market that, right? From Wimp to Warrior in fifty days. Here's my website. For nine ninety five. Nineteen <laughs> ninety five, yeah. Yeah, don't under don't undersell it. Yeah, yeah, right. From Wimped to warrior in 50 days. What happened to Peter? Oh, we admire, we look up to Pentecost Peter. But if we were honest, we would say that we identify with Passover Peter. We look up to, we, we, we want to be, we aspire to be Pentecost Peter, but if we look at ourselves in the mirror, if we if we examine ourselves and quite often, and I, I I really shouldn't talk about talk for you, so I'll talk for myself. Quite often I look at myself in the mirror and I, I see Passover Jim. I don't see Pentecost Jim. Come on. It don't have the same ring to it, does it? No, no. We'll just talk about Peter. Amen. But we we identify With Passover, Peter, we battle addictions we cannot shake, a past that we cannot uh, escape from, bills we can't pay, sorrows that won't fade in our life. Those are the things that, that we identify with. Our our conviction, our resolve seems to slip away and we wonder why. I look at other believers and I look at myself and I ask the question, why do they look fruitful and I feel so barren? Why do some look like Pentecost Peter and others look like Passover Peter? What is the difference? And here's the reality for me, and I assume, I pray. Actually, I pray it's not the reality for you to be honest because I hope that you're better than me. But the reality is I find myself bouncing back and forth from being Pentecost Peter or Passover Peter. I find if I'm honest with myself in my walk with God, that I find myself oscillating between the two. Passover Peter, Pentecost Peter. Passover Peter, Pentecost Peter. I'm not saying that that's the will of God. I'm not saying that that's the way it should be. I'm saying if we are honest, sometimes we find ourselves in that cycle of life. And that's not really what I want to talk about. I'm really using that more for an example than anything, so be patient with me for a second, okay? So there's such a difference between these two examples. There's, 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 it's, it's not like a little difference. They're, they're like night and day from one another. The person that we see at the fire of Calvary and the person that we see in the streets of Jerusalem... 50 days, well, a little more than 50 days from that point, but 50 days uh, or so, uh, that's about right. 50 days, the difference we see between those two are miles apart from one another. And so what makes the difference? And to be honest, At first, when I first ask you that question, when I first ask myself that question, there's a simple answer. But what I really want to talk about tonight is that perhaps that simple answer is not the complete answer. So the simple answer is what? What's the difference between Pentecost Peter and Passover Peter? What is it? The Holy Ghost. That's the simple answer. The difference between these two men is that Peter is now filled with the Spirit of God. I'm going to come back to that. That's the simple answer. But I want to take a little bit of time and and say perhaps the answer is not just that simple. So let's go back a few weeks. Let's go back and let's read the last words that Jesus say to Peter and those that are with him. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. I want you to focus on this in what I just read. And and Jesus said to Peter, stay here and wait. Don't leave Jerusalem. Don't leave where you are. I want you to stay where you're at, and I want you to wait. I want you to wait on the promise of the Father. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 40, a very familiar passage of Scripture, I believe, to most of us. We live in a world of instant messaging, microwave popcorn, amen, fast food, email, and Instagram. I mean, the fact that they named it Instagram, we used to have telegrams, now we have Instagram. It's got to be right now. I don't even use Instagram, but I know it's quick. It's fast. It's instant. That's the world we live in. We don't want to wait for anything. <clears throat> I'm just going to be a little transparent. In my office, we use this piece of software to communicate called uh, Slack. And so I need to get some information from a guy that's across the office space. So I slack him. Hey, I need to know this. And I want him to immediately answer my question because we have instant messaging. I look at his little icon. Doesn't have a palm tree. It doesn't have a calendar on it. It doesn't have a hamburger on it. It doesn't have any of those little icons that tell me he is busy. So I'm sure that he is going to reply to me right now. And he does not. I know you read my message. Now, one of the things that I like about it is when he does start typing, it says so-and-so is typing. Okay, good. He's acknowledging I'm alive. But sometimes they don't keep typing. Now I'm really perturbed. We have slack. I asked you a question. I want an answer. No! I don't want to put on my mask. I do not want to walk around the cubicle and talk to you face to face. That would have taken way too much time. I'm just being real. You text somebody. Hello? Hello? I text you. I would not be asking you if I didn't need to know. We do not know, not only do we not want to wait, but we don't know how to wait. Come on. on. We have become a generation that does not know how to wait. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. I'm going to read this in another version. I'm going to read it in the complete Jewish Bible. Isaiah 40 and 31. But those who hope, amen. Well, let me read in the King James Version first. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They that wait upon the Lord. Jesus told Peter to do what? Wait. Stay here and wait. But the new, uh, but the complete Jewish Bible reads this way. But those who hope in Adonai will renew their strength. They will soar aloft with eagles' wings. They are running. If they are running, they won't grow weary. When they are walking, they won't get tired. Amen. I like the way that whole thing is worded in the complete Jewish Bible. First of all, it says, they that hope. And I'm going to get back to that in a minute. But it says, I like what it says there. When they are running they won't grow tired. When they are walking, or they won't grow weary, when they are walking, they won't get tired. The things that they are going through, the things that they are doing, the things that are going on in their life should cause them to be weary, should cause them to be tired, but they that hope in Adonai shall not. They shall renew their strength they shall the king james says they shall mount up with wings yes. they that wait but those who hope the word hope speaks of anticipation expectation you know there's a there's a very small difference between I don't know. I didn't look it up because I just thought about it. I don't know that if I went to a, I shouldn't try to say words I can't say. If I went to a thesaurus, did I say it right? Wow. If I went to a thesaurus (laughs) and looked up weight, I don't know if I'll see hope. Okay? Okay? But they're they're very, the the, the meaning could be kind of close, you know. Because you don't hope for something you're not waiting for. Okay? So hope speaks of not, hope speaks of, listen, hope speaks of how I am waiting. Waiting is waiting. Yes. The word wait, we, we use it all kinds of different ways. Okay? We go to the restaurant and we wait to sit down. <laughs> we get seated and someone comes and waits on us. Okay? So it's, it's a different word. It's, we use the word wait. But when we say hope, Hope speaks of the manner in which I wait. It speaks of anticipation. It speaks of expectation. Jesus told them to go and wait for the promise. And what the promise was, we already mentioned, was the Holy Ghost. So he said, go and wait for the promise. And when they went, let's look at Acts chapter 1. Verse 13 and 14, we're going to find them waiting. Acts chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, And when they were come in, they went up into the upper room where abode both Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, the zealots, and Judas, the brother of James. These all, what did they do? They continued. That kind of sounds like waiting, right? These all continued with one accord. And how did they wait? They all continued in one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, Mary, the mother of James, and with his brethren. So Jesus said, stay here and wait. And then we find them a few verses later. We see the manner in which they waited. they weren't just sitting by idly waiting they they weren't just sitting there and and actually i might i might get way off in the left field and something i'm going to say here in a minute and if i do trust me there's people a whole lot more spiritual a whole a whole lot more plugged in with a god and i'll have a whole lot more authority that will straighten me out so don't worry about it i'll be all right I'll still go to heaven. They will help me. But I'll get back to that craziness in a minute. So we see them waiting. And, And what we see, or if we notice how they're waiting, they waited in prayer, in worship. They had hope in the word that was given to them. They had hope in the word because, of, because they believed what they were told, because they trusted in the promise, because the word that was delivered to them, there was something that sprung up inside of them that says what Jesus said, I expect to happen. I'm going to go and wait with, I'm going to go prepare. I'm going to be in the place where that is going to happen. We see them Waiting. But what happens when we wait? What happens when we, uh, when we're waiting on something? We're we're idly waiting. We're we we we. There's something that we're waiting for, or someone we're waiting for. You ever wait for someone? I'm not going to admit to this, so I'm not talking about me at all. I'm talking about somebody else. But sometimes, you know, somebody is supposed to be home at this time. And this time was 30 minutes ago. What is going on? Where are they at? You know, we live, we live in a technological world. We can pick up our phones and, you know, depending on what we got going on, we might look up, you know, find their location. But what if that's turned off? So we're waiting, idly waiting, What starts to happen when you idly wait? What do you start doing? You start what? Oh, there it is. You start thinking. Because you're idly waiting. You're waiting. You're not hoping. You're waiting. And so we begin to think. I wonder if there's a wreck on Route 50. Might be on the way to the hospital right now. Or could have told me you're going by the store. No other things to do, and now y'all running around to the store. Come on. Right. You know I'm telling the truth. Yes. When we wait, our brain begins to work. Our brain begins to kick in. Our thoughts begin to go where they want to go, and we go with them. Next thing you know, we're halfway down the road to Nowheresville. Either down the road to Fret or down the road to Mad. Come on. Those are the only two directions there is. There is never a wait and we go down the road to a pleasant place. Come on. If you do, help a brother out tell me how to do that because our minds are bombarded and so how we are waiting or the way that we are thinking so what are we thinking what are we imagining what are we allowing our minds to do when we are waiting so if we find ourselves waiting let's go back to the word of God they that wait upon the Lord. God, God has a promise He's given you. God has a promise He's put in your life. God has given you direction. God has said this in your life. God has said this is going to happen. But we are waiting for that place. We are waiting for that thing. We are waiting for that promise. We are waiting for that activity, okay? And so in the midst of that waiting, I'm asking you this question. What are you thinking? What are you imagining? What's going on in your mind? And the answer to, the, the answer to that question answers the reality of whether we are waiting or whether we are hoping. Are we waiting or are we hoping? They that hope on Adonai. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. Many people have heard me read this passage of Scripture probably quite a bit recently. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7 and verse 8. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. First of all, that verse right there. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. This passage of Scripture In the last couple years has become a lipness strip in my life. Actually, I believe that's what this passage of scripture is supposed to be in all of our lives. This passage of scripture is a lipness strip. I can take this passage of scripture and I can test myself with it. Because I can read this passage of scripture and I can ask myself this question. Are the things that I'm thinking, are they true? Are they honest? Are they just? Are they pure? Are they lovely? Are they of a good report? Do they have virtue? Do they have praise in them? Are the things that I find myself thinking, I'm waiting. I'm, 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 I'm trying to do what the Word of God says. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I'm waiting. What's the difference between Pentecost Peter and and, uh, uh, Passover Peter? Pentecost Peter was full of the Holy Ghost. I don't really have time to go down this path, but I want you to go back and look at it. He was full of the Holy Ghost. What does it say about Stephen? Stephen was preaching. They were stoning Stephen, and he was about to die. And before he died, it said he looked up into heaven, and he saw Jesus on the right hand of God. But what does it say about Peter? What was he? He was full of the Spirit. Now, I got this crazy revelation this week. Because there's a couple other places you can go back and you read about certain people and it says they were full of the Spirit. So I got this crazy revelation. If they can be full of the Spirit, then it's possible to be not full of the Spirit. I didn't like that revelation. The simple answer of what's the difference between Pentecost Peter and Passover Peter is he got the Holy Ghost. Well, I got the Holy Ghost. Then why am I acting like Passover Peter? Because I'm not full of the Holy Ghost. I'd never say that about you. Surely you're full. Jesus. Behave yourself right there. <clears throat> I was going to say something I shouldn't say, but I talked myself out of it. Amen. <laughs> so, a limpness test. I'm waiting. If I find myself waiting, what's going on up here? What's going on in here? I can take that. We have a tendency to do this cuz we have, this, we have this adversary called the accuser. So here's what we do, okay? We take that litmus test, the litmus strip. For all of you who do not necessarily know what a litmus strip does, is it tells you where something is. If you have a swimming pool, you take, it, you take a litmus strip, you stick it down in the swimming pool, you pull it up and it will say, your pH is low, your acid is high. I get that all the time. <clears throat> it's, called, it's called heartburn. <laughs> Your pH is low. You need more chlorine. That's what the litmus says, tells me on my swimming pool. So this passage of scripture, it, we, we, can, we can look at it and we can take it and we can, we can examine and we can look at it Pardon me while I put my password back in. Thank you. Amen. We can look at it. That means I have been rambling way too long if the password came back up. We can look at it and we we have a tendency to do this. We have a tendency to look at it and instead of looking at it to say, okay, this is what I need to work on, we look at it and say, I'm a failure. I'm no good. I've never been no good and won't ever be any good. Because this litmus strip tells me I'm failing. No, it, it's not telling you you're failing. It's telling you you need to work on something. Jesus. I've taken this passage of Scripture, and I've determined I'm going to allow this passage of Scripture. If I'm going through anything, you think you might think I'm just pulling your leg here. I was going to say lying, but you know I wouldn't lie in the pulpit. You might just think I'm pulling your leg here and say that I'm just saying this. But I find myself, I take this passage of Scripture, and I evaluate Where I am. What am I thinking? What's going on in my brain? And and if it doesn't match up with that, I start asking this question. Why? Why am I thinking that? What's causing me to have that imagination? I don't get down on myself. I ask myself why. What needs to change? What needs to be added? What needs to be removed? Because I want to get to the place where I'm doing what Paul said we need to do. Think on these things. Because... What happens, and this is the part that i wondered about. Jesus is on the Mount of Olives. I think it's the Mount of Olives. I didn't look it up, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. He's getting ready to ascend into heaven. He tells all of these people what he tells them. He tells them to go wait. And 10 days later or so, they get the Holy Ghost. He could have given the Holy Ghost before he checked out. He was God. He could have said, by the way, here's the Holy Ghost, I'm leaving. He had the ability to do that. But they didn't have the ability to receive that. There was a need for waiting. Waiting. There was a need for them to get into a place of waiting. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Their strength shall be refilled. I, can, I They became full of the Holy. There were some things. There were some things in Peter's life and, Pente- and Passover Peter and all of his Passover buddies that needed to be removed so that they could be full. There was a process that had to happen. I wonder how many times that God says to me and God says to you, I give you this promise. I'm going to do this. Okay? He doesn't give us a time frame, but he says, I'm going to do this. He says to Abraham, I'm going to make you, or he says to, yeah, that guy, Abraham, well, my brain's not working. He says, "I'm gonna make you the father of many nations. I'm gonna bless you. How are you gonna bless me? I ain't, I, I'm too old. She's too old. It ain't gonna happen." But here's the promise. Okay, cool. Were they waiting? Did they wait? My question is, did they wait? I don't know. Sarah said, "Said, look, this thing ain't working. Go in there with Hagar." Were they waiting? They weren't waiting. They were, I mean, were they hoping? Let me let me ask it that way. Were they hoping? No, they were waiting. And because they were waiting, they were thinking about how this can't work. I Part of me wonders if the length of time, okay, this is the part that you might think I've lost my mind and there's people that can help me. Part of me wonders if the length of time between the promise of Abram And the fulfillment of the son, how much of it had to do with God already said this is how long it's going to take or how well they waited? I'm not saying I can answer that question. I can just tell you what I know is real in my life. Did did the length of time for the answer to the promise have anything to do with the way they waited? I believe that there's a reason we wait. Because what the waiting does is it causes us to understand what we believe and what we trust. Because like that song says, how great thou art. When we're waiting, the way we respond to that question in ourselves is different if we're hoping. So when I'm waiting, like it says in the, the Jewish Bible, hoping on Adonai, then there's something that's flowing out of me. My waiting is not, why is this not happening? Why is this not finished? Why am I not what I'm supposed to be? But it's more of, God, thank you for working in my life. Thank you for completing me. Thank you, God, for doing the things that need to happen for me to get to where I need to be. Let let me conclude it with this. Again, I rambled too long. Last passage of Scripture. And at first it's going to sound like it doesn't make any sense. Psalms chapter 37, verse 23. Now the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in those, and he delighteth in his ways. So the Word of God, the writer of Psalms 37 says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Now, uh, I'll, I'll just talk about me. When I, honestly, when I think of that verse, when I read that verse, when I think of the word steps, I think of mobility. Right? I think of action. I think of moving. I think of, of it's, it's, first of all, uh, a revelation God kind of gave me about this passage of Scripture many, uh, a number of years ago, I have always always read that passage of scripture, the steps of a good man are ordered of God. And I always kind of took it to say, yeah, God has planned my pathway. But then God helped me to kind of understand that that's not what I'm talking about. I'm telling you that the steps of a good man, the steps, the step you're about to take is ordered by me. And then I'm going to order the next step. 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 And then I'm going to order the next step. I'm going to tell you where to put your foot now. Now I'm going to tell you where to put the other foot. I'm going to tell you where to put the other foot. That makes that passage totally different than me to say God has planned out my path. He probably does know my path. He knows that I need to get from A to B. Okay, but to get me from A to B is not a straight line. And sometimes... Sometimes I get off course, so he's got to change my path. So, but, but I've always thought of that passage of Scripture, even when I think about it in its minute detail, I think of motion. Step, 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 step. But if God is ordering my steps, and right now he's saying right, left, right, left, right, left, he could say this, stop. Wait! Come on, come on. Left always comes after right. Come on, God. He's still ordering my steps. Wait, it's still ordering my steps. Yeah. Amen. Jesus. Uh, let's let's go back to the ordering of the steps. The the steps. God God order my next step. I I, I know the next step, but you just ain't ready for the next step wait but how am I waiting okay not just wait and sometimes again you don't have to believe this I'm just telling you what I feel as I, as I was praying about this sometimes that waiting period has a lot to do with how because if I'm not getting what I'm supposed to get when I'm waiting then the wait's going to get longer because I promise you this The Bible talks about hope and patience. I can promise you this. God has a whole lot more of both than I do. He can wait. He can wait like nobody's business. When my kids were little, not my kids, just this one. I'm not going to talk about who it was, but I had this one child. Oh, that little, that boy. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you who he was, but I only had one son. That boy. <clears throat> when I grew up, I grew up a hard life. Not really. I grew up, When I grew up, when you came to the kitchen table, there were some rules, okay? Here were the rules. One, you didn't come to the kitchen table without a shirt on. Two, you didn't come to the kitchen table with a hat on. Both of those would get you put on the floor. I'm just going to let you know that right now. You didn't come with a, without a shirt on, and you didn't come with a hat on. You didn't sing at the table. There was a whole. There's a whole lot of things we do today that we didn't do then. Whatever mama put on the table went on your plate. If there was fried chicken, you got a piece of fried chicken. If there was okra, Lord have mercy, no. If there was okra, you got okra on your plate. If there were lima beans, please, Lord, give me some. Then you got lima beans on your plate. Now, here was the rule, okay? When the stuff came around, you put a spoonful on your plate. That was the rule, okay? And here was your options. Don't put it on your plate or put it on your plate. Well, what's the deal? But here's the other side of the option. If you didn't put it on your plate, then dad was going to put it on your plate. And I have no idea how this worked. But dad's spoonful was always much bigger than my spoonful. All right, all that noise to get back to my son. So I figured that's the way you're supposed to treat kids. That's the way I was treated. I didn't know no different. What do you mean you don't like lima beans? Boy, you're going to eat them. Spoonful. I I don't like them. You don't like them? Give me that spoon, boy. Come on. Put it on that plate. Well, he inherited the gene from his mother because I know he didn't get this gene from me. And that was hard-headedness. <laughs> now, you all know, Sister Bar, you know that's from her side of the family. That wasn't from my side of the family. So that boy said, uh, he wouldn't say it because he was smarter than, you know, that. He wouldn't say, I ain't eating that. But he just wouldn't eat it. He would look at me and he would look at the beans. He'd look at me and he'd look at the beans. I'm like, let me tell you something. I got a whole lot more weight and power than you got. There were a number of days when the young boy fell asleep at the table because he wasn't going to eat what I put on his plate. Now, I'm not telling all you young parents that that's good parenting, okay? That's not the moral of my story. The moral of my story is I could wait a whole much better than he could wait. And our Heavenly Father has got a much better waiting thing than you and I got, on. okay? So if he says to me, right, left, right, left, right, left, wait, and I'm not waiting the way I'm supposed to wait, He's got all the time in the world because he loves me. He knows that lima beans are good for me. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) Oprah 2, Lord, help her, brother. So the moral of my story, or what I really feel like the Lord wants to help us to understand, because I believe we're at a place, first of all, personally, I believe all of us, if we're not there right now, we're going to find different stages in our walk with God where we are going to have to wait for the promise of the Father. All of us are going to go to those cycles in our life. But we as a church, I believe we as a church are at a place where promises are given and we need to wait. But waiting, what we we were doing here last night was waiting. What we were doing here Tuesday night was waiting. What the men are doing on Saturday night at 10 o'clock, we are waiting. That's, that's what the word of God is talking about when waiting. Waiting is not idly sitting back. It's getting into the presence of God. Amen. If we stopped asking why and started asking what, our life would be totally different. Yes. Instead of me saying, why am I here? God, why is this happening into my life? I ask, God, what are you trying to show me? What, what are you trying to do in my life? Where are you trying to take me? I'm still asking God a question, but it's a different question. And what it shows is where I am. So we know, you can stand with me, if you will, please. We need to learn to wait as Peter and the others waited. Waited with anticipation waited with expectation, waited with, uh, with joy for the promise to come. But also we need to take what the Lord has spoken to us tonight and we need to look and understand. When when I was growing up, we, we used this phrase. I don't know if they use the phrase around here when, when folks were my age, but when I was growing up, We had this phrase and we'd say to somebody, You better check yourself. But actually that's a little more modern version of the what we used when I was a teenager. We just said this, check you. That's what we said. Look at some check you. That could be positive or negative. It didn't it just depended. All in the way you said it. Check you. Really check you. In other words, we're saying, dude, you need to check yourself. Because you got some issues. Or, shoot, you, you you, you right. Check you out. Or, a guy would say to his buddy, check her. <laughs> but I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> so, sometimes you got to check you. And in checking myself, if I find myself acting more like Passover Peter than Pentecost Peter, maybe, maybe, maybe I should take that, not get all down on myself, not get all upset with myself, not get all, allow the adversary and the accuser of the brethren to beat me up. Maybe I should just say, I need to go wait. I need to go find a place and wait for the promise of the Father. I need to find out what needs to be taken out and what needs so that more could be, so I can now renew my strength the difference between the two was the filling not just the Holy Ghost not just the Holy Ghost but the full, they were full of the Holy Ghost amen Lord we love you and we thank you so much for your power and your grace I thank you so much for your word tonight and The fact that you care enough about us to help us to understand who we are and where we are in you. And I would ask you, God, that you would allow your word not just to be the voice of a man, not just to be the thoughts of an individual, Lord, but the word could find a lodging place in our lives. And Lord, over the next few days, God, you can bring it back to us at the appropriate time. I'm so thankful, God, that How often I have heard a word preached or taught in a pulpit. And then a day or two or a week or two later, I find myself in a situation and that thing comes back to me because it's a seed planted and it will bring forth fruit if I will allow it to in my life. So I ask you, God, to allow this word to find a lodging place in our hearts and our minds and our souls. Lord, help me to wait. Lord, I want to run. I love to run. I love to, to move. And as, as the writer talked about running through a troop and leaping over a wall, and, and we love those things, and we love those times. But sometimes, God, we've got to wait. Lord, help us to wait, not just idly, but like the Word said, hope on Adonai. They that hope, on God will find that strength. Lord, we thank you for it. We praise you. We lift you up and give you glory in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. 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 Amen.